Welcome to the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Sauer. I've got Dave Deckard here from Blazer's Edge, the managing, managing editor, to talk about that amazing game we just witnessed. How are you doing, Dave? Well, I'm doing pretty well. Probably would have done better had that last shot for Phoenix not gone in, but hey, that's the way it goes. Play with fire, you're going to get burned. There you go. After about three seconds or five seconds after the Cubs win the World Series, Eric Blitzo wins a buzzer beater to win the first game of the season for the Suns. It was an interesting game. It was actually a pretty closely contested game. Started, Blazers were up 11-3 early in the game. It was hot and heavy there. Then the, and they were, I mean, they were on fire. And then the Suns tied up at the end of the first quarter. The Suns were playing very well in the paint. And the Suns were up by four at the half. And then continuing on until the fourth quarter is a very close game. But then, uh, the Suns were up by two to cl- right at the end of regulation. And then Leonard, Myers Leonard got a, uh, quick easy two with 1.1 seconds left. And then in overtime, Eric Bledsoe wins on a game winner against Lillard on a three pointer. And he leaned back against, which was very rare for him to be able to do. So that's a quick thing. Uh, what did you think of the game, Dave? Well, it was kind of painful to watch. I mean, the Blazers succeeded when they hit three pointers. The Suns succeeded any time they attacked Portland's guards in the perimeter or Portland's bigs inside. I thought uh, that Len obviously had a great game. Um, you took a while for Phoenix's guards to warm up, but once they did, that high pick and roll just yielded shot after shot after shot. The Blazers could not keep up with them in the mid-range. It looked like they were shooting or playing around the world instead of NBA basketball. And, uh, you know, it's just one too many defensive lapses from the Blazers, one too many offensive rebounds allowed, and uh, that ended up catching them in the end. Yeah, if just to, I don't, you don't, obviously haven't seen the Suns a lot, so I want to get, the uh, Len certainly had a better game than he usually does. A lot of times he doesn't end up with uh, finishing through contact that very well like that. So those were some great plays there. But yeah, I did notice that Booker, Bledsoe, and Knight all had a lot of uh, jumpers around the uh, the elbow area. They kept getting the high pick and roll way up past the three-point line and getting that shot off, the leaner almost there. Um, what did you think of, uh, well, what did you think of the Blazers players? I guess, I mean, Lillard, McCollum. Leonard, what do you think of how they played tonight? Well, believe it or not, 27 points for Damian Lillard was kind of an off night. He's been more around 30-plus. He only shot one for eight from the three-point arc, which is unusual for him. But the types of shots that both he and McCollum started taking as the game wore along were were more kind of opportunistic, isolation, one-on-one jumpers. And they can often hit those, but I think as fatigue took over, those were the worst kind of shots to take, and it really began to show. The problem, of course, being that the Blazers don't have a ton of other scorers. Myers Leonard acquitted himself pretty well tonight. Uh, Evan Turner had his first good game in a Trailblazers uniform. Alan Crabb did all right, too, but when push comes to shove, they're nervous passing the ball to anyone but themselves. And so Lillard and McCollum kind of, took over the game, and it just didn't quite work. That makes sense that they were tired because they just traveled from uh, from Oakland playing, getting beat by the Warriors yes, last night. They so were home, actually. They were, so, they were mean, home? They, okay. Yeah. Well, they still had to travel to Phoenix. That's 
overnight after being beaten by the Warriors. So it was a quick turnaround for them. Thanks for the correction on that. But uh, so they played well. It's looking so looking at the box score here. McCollum had 24. And Lillard finished with 27. Um, so what did you think of? Well, let's give. What's your opinion? Let's get some outside opinion on the Suns players. What did you see? What surprised you from the different Suns players? Well, not a ton from the guards because Phoenix's guards have traditionally ripped apart the Blazers, especially in recent years. Look, Lillard and McCollum are fantastic offensive players, but uh, they couldn't defend your grandma. Uh, <laughs> and it's like Phoenix is Portland South in terms of they depend on guard scoring. Obviously, Bledsoe, Knight, and et cetera are different players than Lillard and McCollum are, but they still can put up a lot of points on you. And uh, they, they just knew where to attack, and I think it was smart. As the game wore on, they stopped fooling around. They took it right at those guards every time, and it paid dividends. I think also you saw the Blazers' lack of size, and as we said, Len took great advantage of that. And uh, really, I was impressed with his game, his ability to use his body, his ability to use his strength. And he just kind of shrugged off whomever the Blazers sent against him, which is appropriate because the Blazers have mobile guys, but they're all, you know, 6'10", 6'11". They're all kind of slight. They, they do have some strength, but it's kind of that wiry strength, not that bulk. So Len was able to use that to advantage, and uh, I was I was duly impressed by that. Yeah, definitely. Len is probably he's listed lower, but he's probably about seven two, and him facing these younger, smaller people really voted well for him. He had a good game. He has flashes, but his consistency certainly wanes and ebbs and flows for sure. Um, I did think, let me see, look at their roster. Um, Aminu making those threes was impressive and Harkless also, although those are the, like you said, the spot up there. Oh, that's, that's a bonus for Lillard and McCollum. They're not, Lillard and McCollum are really their scoring punch and it's really a big bonus when they get the occasional three or things from those role players. But I mean, that's where all the scoring is though. It's just those two guys mostly. Um, the problem one, with the Minu and Harkless is they're they're fairly nimble, fairly good defenders, especially Aminu. But tonight, who did they have to defend? All the scoring came from the center or the guards. And yeah, you can switch them over, but not all night long. So I thought they, I, I think you're right, two for four from the three-point arc for both of them was fantastic. But you look at them, five rebounds apiece. Aminu did have four steals, but it wasn't the kind of impact game defensively that the Blazers would hope simply because they were defending the positions that Phoenix wasn't going to score from. Yeah, I mean, uh, Warren at the uh, the small forward position had 27. He was the leading scorer for the uh, team. Um, but he, well, I mean, he was, he was even, uh, he might have been on Aminu some of the time, but Warren was there, and if Aminu, like you said, Aminu did not have the impact that he needed to have for his role that he plays. Warren kind of was I mean, there was a lot of opportunity points there. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. Of, it wasn't like they were just dumping the ball to him, letting him work one on one. And you know, Aminu was Aminu was either distracted, helping out, or uh, Warren just kind of snuck in. Now, I'm not saying Alfred Aminu played his best game either, but it was just that kind of thing where he was he had the sights on the rifle but no target. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, well, that's the way Warren does. He's one of the best off-ball cutters, like Wade-esque in that way, that I've ever seen. He really is just very nimble around the basket. He's making the, he's getting those, those uh, putbacks that some people don't get. He's quick off his feet. He has a good floater. It's good to see from him. One thing that jumped out at me is here is that Chandler, Chandler had 18 rebounds. I believe he had, he like 17 in the last game. He, when he, I mean, they're all defensive rebounds except for a couple, but, um, so it's not super impressive, but that's just a lot of missed shots right there that people are, they're just, he's just around to grab at a, as a tall person. Um, let me, let me, let's transition. Is there anything else you want to say about this game in particular? Well, I think that Phoenix remained poised, which I think was good for this team. And it seemed to me that Earl Watson has these guys playing with an awareness that wasn't always there last year. They had the talent for sure, but they sure seemed fractured. Now, it's not like their game was seamless tonight. It wasn't. But, as we said, when crunch time came, they knew exactly what plays to run, exactly where to put the ball up. And, you know, the final Bledsoe shot wasn't really indicative, but everything that came before it was. And and I thought that the, really probably the, they looked as well coached as I've seen them um, since, since Hornacek was in his prime. Yeah, so last year they were not the team they should have been. People say, oh, they were bad and Booker was playing, that's great. But they didn't have Bledsoe or Warren or Knight for many of, much of the last season. And Marquise Morris, when he was here, was also a good player at the time. So they were missing four of their top scorers and had actually, a, I think, a five-ish game stretch of no point guard at all. So they were it was a, just a train wreck last year. And they definitely have a lot more health, a lot more cohesiveness this year. Watson is doing a good job bringing the culture and giving this, this team confidence. And I, it was good to see, like you said, uh, the last, so far this season, I mean, the Kings game, the first game of the season, they did horror. They did not have the effort. They did not have the focus. But since then, they have been. But they were playing the Warriors and the Clippers and the Thunder. I mean, like, that they played well against the Thunder, but then uh, West Westbrook had a 51-point triple-double. It's pretty hard to beat that when you don't have any All-Stars on your team. So they had the focus. They it finally got them over the hump today in the first season. And actually, I was able to predict. A, I said we were looking. I was looking with uh, my friend Sean Sullivan, and we were looking at the first five se- uh, for f- first five games of the season. I actually predicted one and four, but I thought they were winning the Kings game. I thought the Trailblazers were going to win this game handily. But uh, let's transition to the Trailblazers and more of a long-term look. What do you see from them this year? Obviously, they're better than the Suns are, and just happened to win on a buzzer beater this tonight. What do you see from them this season? Well, so far, they're not that much better. Yes, the record is better, but the two teams that the Blazers have played that are good have beaten them handily. Mm-hmm. And they're certainly less cohesive than you would expect from a team that has returned almost all its players, mm. and certainly all the significant ones. I'm not sure exactly what's going on right now, but had Damian Lillard not been playing at an MVP-like level, the, the Blazers would easily be 1-4, and four, maybe 0-5. and five. And tonight, he only scored 27 instead of 35, and they lost. Granted, in overtime, but they still lost. Mm-hmm. So something's going on there. The, the starting lineup may not be right. The, the, I know the bench has not been, uh, not been coming up at all. They did tonight, but it didn't help them. 
Uh, the, the rebounding has not been there. They have not really been forcing as many turnovers as you would expect. They've been changing the defense a little bit, trying to extend it. All they've ended up with is a ton of fouls and not much else to show for it. I think, again, you saw that tonight. Phoenix scores 118 points on them. Granted, it's in overtime, but at what point did they ever stop the Suns? Mm-hmm. A little bit in the third period, maybe. But, I mean, that was a sloppy period for both teams. So yeah. uh, no defense, no rebounding, no cohesiveness, and no bench is it's making the start of the season very difficult for Portland. they got to fix that somehow. Definitely. So I was uh, looking on the, the – the, comparing the schedules, the Suns have had a rough – they have a rough first five games here, and then they – it gets a little bit easier for a while, but uh, how are the how is the Blazers' schedule looking next couple of weeks well i mean it's tough uh because well first of all in the western conference once you get past about three teams then you're you're basically in a swamp right Mm -hmm. you are you are just not going to find a really truly easy night i mean even even teams like minnesota or you know phoenix which are projected to be kind of on the lower end uh, can, can bite you. I mean, look at the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Portland is easily better than they are, but DeMarcus Cousins can uh, rip off 45 points at any given time against Portland's uh, front court. So yeah. there just is, there aren't any easy games, but this is really bad. I mean, we got at Dallas, at Memphis, got Phoenix again at the Clippers before you get a little bit of a break with Sacramento at home. So Portland better pull it together or they're going to be staring down the barrel of a dismal season start. Yeah. Um, to project, like, what are you envisioning for a, a playoff seed? Because they're almost certainly a playoff team, but what do you envision them landing? One would hope. I mean, but we, we talked about this extensively over the summer. I think the, the upper... Uh, projections would go about maybe 52, 53 wins. I mean, they could get slightly above that if everything rolls right. And that might be a four seed, third on the outside if they go way upper echelon. But they could also be an eighth seed. I mean, they could win 44 again and kind of sneak in. And there's a big difference between those two psychologically for the Blazers because they've they're headed towards the luxury tax. They're like 22000 short of it. Not the cap, the tax. Yeah. Right now with the roster that they have, and they are going over uh, next year. So this, you know, granted, they're going to try to make probably some kind of consolidation trade or whatever, but it's not like they're staring down the barrel of a lot of flexibility to change this team wholesale through free agency or anything like that. Uh they, they've got this team, they're confident in this team, and if this team shows up as an eight seed and gets knocked out, that's a pretty bad start to the next era. Yeah, definitely the way to, the way to not have flexibility is to pay Evan Turner that much money. I was certainly uh, not a fan of that, that signing for them. Although I do like, I like Crab a lot, and I wish I w- he was, I think he was on the Suns radar for a second there, before, or he was somebody I wish that they would have been able to go after. But uh, they did not. Um, so let's see here. What else? Okay, so here the Suns over under is twenty six point five. An outside perspective on from another team in the Western Conference. So what do you see them going over under? Do you see them hitting it? I think they can get there. Um, 
obviously, like I said, they have talent. The question is, is that talent matched up right? Mm -hmm. And, I, I, you know, those guards are great. They probably still need to trade one. They probably still need to get... I mean, sure, Warren is, Warren is good. I think Warren will probably end up being very good. But I would be comfortable with a little bit more help uh, off the bench. Uh, you've got some veterans there who are solid, but maybe a little bit past it. So I would I would prefer them to consolidate the backcourt a little bit, try to get some frontcourt help. I think they can get to 26 wins. I think they can get over 26 wins because I think that potential is there for, as I said, nearly every team in the Western Conference. Uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a whole lump of people, you know, in that area or... Or, or north, you know, 30-ish wins, 35 wins. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see very few of the Western Conference middle really distinguish themselves, and Phoenix is right in there. The problem is it's relatively easy to get, frankly, to, to even 40 wins. You can get there with a move or two and some health, but the question is, can you get to 50? Can you get into the second round of the playoffs? Uh, and... Those questions are a little harder for Phoenix to answer right now. Oh yeah, they're, I think that's out of the, I mean, almost basically out of the realm of possibility for them with how young they are. They have, I mean, they have Devin Booker just, he's going to be soon their best player. Um, he maybe not played like it tonight. It was, is he's had an off beginning to the season here, but, uh, which is maybe hard to believe with all the shots he's making at the end of the game there, but he's been off for sure. He usually, I mean, the preseason, what he score, 35 or something in a game easily. Um, but they have, I mean, they have Chris and they have Bender as teenagers still. And then Ulis is a rookie who's 20 and Bender's, Booker's 20, just turned it a couple days ago. And they have lots of young talent and it, we'll see how they can mature and how they can play. The additions of Dudley and uh, Barbosa are good. Tucker is kind of in the middle there. They have a lot of interesting talent, but it just it won't probably be able to convert into enough wins for sure to make, probably not to make the playoffs, and even to make it up past these other Western Conference teams. Um, let's take a look at the upcoming game. The Suns play the Blazers when? I believe it's next week. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, it's going to be next Tuesday, isn't next, it? Yep. Next Tuesday? November 8th. <laughs> so then they're traveling, probably traveling back to Portland here, because this one is here in Phoenix. And Correct. traveling to Portland to play. What do you think are the keys to both teams winning by the time that game rolls around? Well, I mean, can, can Phoenix keep Portland off the three-point arc is a big one, because I think as you saw tonight, when those three-point shots are falling, Portland is really difficult to stop. But when they stop falling, Portland's weaknesses start to show. They cover up a bunch of sins, in essence. So can get a little better perimeter defense, uh, fewer, you know, uh, open three-point shots, recover better at the arc. Uh, for Portland, I think the questions are more systemic. Uh, can you do anything to stop an opposing guard? Because <laughs> this was a problem last year, and at the beginning of this season, backcourts are feasting on the Blazers. The, the problem is, as we saw again tonight, also some big guys are feasting on the Blazers, taking away any rebounding advantage, which Portland depended on greatly last year. Uh, so, look, it's like, it's, it's like stop somebody who's not a forward and, and you have a chance. But it's, it's, 
the Blazers haven't been able to do that. They got to get themselves right, and if they can't do that, at home or not, I suspect that Portland will need a lot of offense in order to keep the Suns down. It certainly seems like the uh, Blazers are going to be a Rockets-like team, where there could be top five in offensive um, firepower, efficiency, and etc., and yet also a bottom five team in defensive efficiency and it would firepower. Be- a disaster, because uh, that's all they were talking about all summer. We're going to fix the defense. We're going to work on the defense. This is our next next step to become a solid contender. And if they are that low in defense, that's terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. I think probably they will end up average or low average. But mm-hmm. the problem is, even an average defense probably isn't going to carry them uh, all season long uh, to where they want to be. They need to have a good defense, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's taking... It's somewhat easy to go from a middling team, especially the Western Conference, to maybe a fringe playoff team. And it's much harder to get that second step that the Blazers are at right now of making it to uh, very good to great and maybe not quite elite contender level because that's hard with the Spurs, Warriors, Clippers there. But it's that step is very hard to take. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem uh, that... that Portland is trying to take exactly that step. And not only have they not taken it yet, in the first few games it appears they've had their eyes out there on the theory, on the on the leap that they want to make, and they tripped over the curb that's right under their feet. That's a good metaphor right there. Um, so that game will be very interesting to see what happens in, uh, next Tuesday. Um, do you have any other final thoughts on the Blazers or the Suns as we, as we wrap up here? Well, Portland should win that game on Tuesday, but as you've seen, nothing is certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect, I expect that this will finally light a fire under them. Mm-hmm. The question is going to be: Did you light a fire just in time to get housed by Dallas and Memphis? <laughs> and if that fire is still going to be burning when the Suns come to town, we shall see. Yeah. Well, I think Dallas lost to Utah today. So yeah. we'll we'll see if Dallas is any good. I don't know. They they seem iffy to me, but we'll see how they go down the stretch here. For the Suns, I think I think they're the, they're the Pelicans and the Lakers. They should he- hopefully get some wins here and start uh, actually seeing what they're made of instead of just wallowing in winlessness. And this is a good start. Well, um, thanks for joining me, Dave. Uh, let's uh, have you plug your stuff. Oh, certainly, uh, obviously, uh, BlazersEdge.com. Uh, we usually use our game previews to talk about the opponent a little bit, so you can come over on, on game day next Tuesday and see what we think of the Suns and add your comments. You can find us at BlazersEdge. You can find me at Dave Deckard on Twitter, D-E-C-K-A-R-D, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Well, wonderful. Thanks to have you, Dave. Uh, my name is Eric Saar. Follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Saar. Check out this podcast, the Solar Insights Podcast. Every It's about every Thursday morning. Uh, so ch- check it out and uh, have some more fun watching the NBA, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>